Hey dudes, this is The Big Game. I'm Justin Hargett. This week on the show, we're heading back to the baseball diamond. Friend of the show, Guy Anglade, joins me to talk about his alma mater, LSU, currently ranked number one in the nation by Baseball America. Over the weekend, LSU took on a very good Texas A&M side, number two in the national rankings, and a team that started their season on a 24-game win streak. The Tigers took the first two games of the series in very dramatic fashion. Uh, The first Thursday night's win was a walk-off. But A&M saved face with a 6-2 victory on Saturday after a three-hour rain delay. Guy and I talk about that matchup, which also featured two incredible outfield assists to home plate um, that ended back-to-back innings for the Tigers. We also catch up on the college baseball season so far. And we make our predictions for the SEC Conference Tournament and the College World Series. Hey, Guy. Thanks for coming back on The Big Game. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me back. I'm really excited to have you on because, you know, first of all, you're an LSU alum. uh, But second of all is, you know, this time of year, your Twitter feed, your Facebook feed, it's all about, (laughs) all about LSU and SEC baseball. (laughs) Yeah, 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 I know. Uh, call me bias, I guess, but it, it sure is, yeah. So we just watched Game 3 of the uh, the series between LSU and Texas A&M, college baseball, and this is the head-to-head battle of the number one and number two ranked teams in the nation and the top two teams in the SEC. Yep. So this was, uh, you know, it was a great series. I was a little disappointed that we picked uh, Game 3, as, as the, the the big game that we were going to talk about, um, uh, as, as as you were saying off off the uh, podcast, you know we were kind of hoping that they might have gone one one and then a rubber match on the last game, but yeah. you know baseball is a tricky thing in in this way, so you know we've got to we've got to deal with the, the cards we were dealt. Yeah, but sure. This was still a pretty good game, a pretty entertaining game. I you know I've watched a lot of professional baseball in my adult life and uh-huh. only maybe a fraction uh, of, of college baseball. So I, you know, I kind of was pretty naive going into this. Um, okay. But I was definitely entertained by this baseball game. Two very, very good teams, um, mm-hmm. a lot of clutch hitting, some, some really decent pitching amongst the, the starters and the relief pitchers. I was really impressed with that. And just overall, yeah. it, was a, it, was, it had a good narrative to it. I mean, this was kind of Texas A&M was always ahead. But LSU looked like they were going to be able to get back into this game, um, yeah. even though they ended up losing six to two. So before we kind of get into the game itself, and you know, being an LSU alum, can you give mm-hmm. us just a little bit of the background, a little bit of the history here of these two teams, uh, mm-hmm. their college baseball teams, and also kind of the you know the, the overall look on the college baseball this season? Yeah, sure. Um... LSU and Texas A&M, you know, they've been playing each other off and on over the years, Um, obviously with the expansion of the SEC in 2012. uh, I'm sorry, 2013, uh, you know, they had they added two teams, Texas A&M and um, Missouri. Mm -hmm. And so and this, you know, this is across all of the sports teams. So. With the expansion of the SEC, these two teams have had uh, decent games. Uh, but this year, especially with Texas A&M, starting off, I believe, at number 17 at the beginning of the season, really rised up in the ranks with um, a strong defense, lots of good hitters, 
and start off this season 24 and 0. And you know, prior prior to this matchup, they've only played each other off and on during the tournament, or usually um, maybe I don't think they've played against each other in the College World Series, but uh, it usually happens if they're playing in a tournament or in the same bracket uh, or so. But to answer your question, you know, with these two teams, uh, it was a solid matchup. You have, again, LSU ranked number one, you know, after, you know, yesterday's loss, they're at 37 and seven, same identical record with Texas A&M ranked number two, both in the SEC, obviously both in the same West division. Mm -hmm. And it was all hyped up to where it'd be from all, all, all three games, of course. But I guess, you know, I want to add into what you were asking with college baseball as a whole. You know, baseball, as we just said before, you know, it's so unpredictable. It's like a soap opera. It's this ebb and flow <laughs> of emotions. And and uh, you just don't know what team is going to either make it in the tournament or not. And so with college baseball as a whole, a lot of differences between – I mean, well, a lot of differences and some similarities between um, – uh, the majors and in college, obviously what, you know, the difference is mainly it's just that they use uh, metal bats versus uh, right, wood right. bats in uh, the pin. You always hear that ping. Yeah. That's, that's always the butt of jokes when I <laughs> tell friends, I watch college baseball. It's like, Oh yeah, that ping is so great. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, so with, with that, you know, they use metal bats. Um, uh, in addition to that in college baseball, uh, the season usually is about roughly 50 to 55 games, excluding the uh, conference tournament and the NCAA tournament. So almost and, a third of the length of a professional season. Absolutely. Which is, yeah. I think that's about right for, for, you know, most sports. I mean, what Kentucky was going for 40 and 0 in NCAA basketball. That's, and that was, you know, with uh, a deep run into the NCAA basketball tournament. And that's only, you know, half of the regular season games in the NBA. So totally, I guess it kind of totally makes sense on, on par with other sports. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, short season, you know, it starts in February. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of the teams, obviously the good teams, are either from out west, uh, UCLA or USC's or Arizona State's, all the way to the south. And uh, It's that good it, weather, that good February, March weather. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but then, you know, don't count out the Northeastern teams, too. So, you know, within the scope of college baseball, uh, to going back to, to your question, there's a lot of good teams that come out that usually come, you know, come from the North. Uh, so, for instance, you know, I'll throw um, University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. Mm -hmm. They're in a 17-game winning streak with, uh, I believe their record is 36-6. and six. First time they have this winning streak since 1911. Oh, wow. 1911. And rare to see a Big Ten team make a strong statement, not just by their record, not just by having a, a really strong team, but, you know, a, a northern team. Usually a lot of those northern teams, they play, when they start their season, they usually, the first month they play out west or play some of the southern teams, this goes along with some of the schools like St. John's or Ivy League schools. They'll play in more of the warmer climates. Once, 
you know, it gets into conference play, obviously around March, mid-March. Mm-hmm. That's when they start to play their, uh, you know, you know, conference game at home, or sometimes you'll have, you know, teams uh, like from the North, they'll start their season maybe two, three weeks, you know, after every other college baseball team Mm -hmm. starts. So, and that's usually for the Northern teams. So it's, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of switching around and a lot of uh, um, things to juggle with, with, with all the teams. So, yeah, well, not to get, not to get, too far off not to get sure. too derailed here but i just yeah, that, yeah. That, that just made me think of uh you know matt harvey from uh the mets ace came out yeah. of university of north carolina sure. and you know it does seem like there are kind of a lot of these bigger prospects that are you know going through the college system uh, maybe getting that development instead of signing the contract so early right. out of the draft is there a resurgence in college baseball now i mean can you tell that anecdotally from from the teams that you follow on a regular basis and, and where those players go on into the majors? Or is this just kind of like par for the course for the system? No, absolutely. There is definitely resurgence in baseball. I mean, you think of, uh, you know, you know, uh, R.L. Dickey uh, from the Blue Jays, mm-hmm. you know, he Tennessee. Um, even recently, Kevin Gossman, who is now the relief pitcher for the Orioles, you know, just picked up, plucked out of the, of the minors after eight months. Hmm. Uh, you know, who was a, a strong pitcher for LSU. Yeah. And, you know, there is a resurgence in college baseball, especially with a lot of these players who do go into minors and then get called up immediately, or sometimes it takes a couple of years as it normally does. You know, you have a lot of cable networks, ESPN, ESPNU especially, are seeing that there's a need for college baseball games and that people are are um requesting it and and uh especially when it comes to uh regional teams uh you know, you, you know i even teams like dallas baptist who you rarely hear <laughs> making it into the top 25 i don't think i've even heard of that school <laughs> <laughs> right 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 it's like lehigh university or something or you know bethune bethune cookman or something um yeah i i mean you know, in college baseball, it's the difference between college baseball and, and baseball. There's just more of a, it's, I guess it's kind of similar to minors. It's just this very small hometown feel when you're watching some of these games and people who are coming out to to, to support their teams and, and alums and whatnot. And so that in itself comes into play with like, seeing these games in action, especially watching these teams play out uh, throughout the whole year. So, Well, yeah, yeah. And, and now that ESPN bought the rights pretty much to all of the SEC's, you know, athletic programming, you know, mm-hmm. they're just, they've, they've got time to kill on air, and why not build up a really good package of SEC baseball? I mean, it's already, you know, mm-hmm. you, you, I know you would argue this, but probably the best conference for, for college baseball, so... You know, why not put them on TV? I mean, this game was on ESPN, or at least it was supposed to be on ESPN until there was a three-hour rain delay. But, you know, this is big business for them they're turning it into. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, and yes, I'm definitely SEC biased, but I also give credit to teams out West. To go back to what you're saying about college baseball, the team that has the most titles in college baseball history is USC. Yeah. They have 12 titles. 
Yeah. Um, right behind LSU and Texas, each have six. So a lot of good teams come out in the West as well. Obviously, UCLA, they're ranked number three. You know, just two years, two, three years ago, they won the title. <laughs> uh, also with Arizona, with uh, Andy Lopez, who also coached at Pepperdine and uh, brought them to the College World Series in the early 90s. So, you you know, you always see a lot of similar play in, like, major leagues. You have a lot of coaches going to other teams and, you know, helping out the other teams and try to make a run to the tournament. And obviously the main goal is making it to the College World Series. So, yeah. It, uh, yeah, there's 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 definitely a need to yeah, there's definitely a need from viewers and and uh, sports fans who are serious college baseball fans like myself to uh, catch a lot of these games. Yeah, well, I mean, it's awesome now that you can just watch them all either on on cable or on the Watch ESPN app or wherever. But let's yep. let's get into this game itself. Uh, yeah. This was the like I said earlier, this was the third game of the series. In the first game, LSU. Uh, came from behind and won it on a walk-off. Um, yep. And then in dramatic fashion, uh, the next night they came from behind to win. But today, uh, you know, they out-hit Texas A&M, uh, I think, 11-7. to 7. Yep, but, absolutely. But they they did not win. They lost 6-2. to two. So let's, let's get into the game itself a little bit. I want to mm-hmm. start with the pitchers. Um, mm-hmm. LSU's freshman uh, pitcher, Austin Baines went five and two thirds. He gave up just one earned run, um, although he did give up five overall in the game. But that was just based on I think it was an error to first base. Uh, yeah. A lot of those runs came in, um, and then also Kyle Simmons for Texas A&M went five and only gave up one earned run. So you know, even though there right. was a lot of hitting, there was still some pretty good pitching. It was just a couple of defensive errors that led to a lot of the runs. Um, but what did you think of these two guys? I was impressed with Austin Bain. Uh, I can't remember what if this was his third or fourth start. I think it was his third. I think this is actually the third start for both pitchers, which really surprised me that we were, you know, 30 games into the season and that the two guys that we're talking about have this is only their third start. Their third start. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Well, you know, freshman pitcher, he showed a lot of poise. And again, you know, once you have your third start, things could be shaky so or, or just a lot of unpredictability uh, from you know just based on your command of the pitch so i think with austin bain i i liked what he was doing um despite uh giving up all, all those runs just his performance overall well um, you know it it didn't do him any favors that you know lsu got they basically should have been up two to nothing by that third inning yeah, because <laughs> they got thrown out at the plate twice mm-hmm. to end the first two innings, which was just <laughs> ridiculous. And and really, Texas A and M's defense kept them in this um, because oh. LSU was trying to bat around, and and they're like those outfielders just came up with big stops. I mean, that's not really a baseball phrase, but that's I mean that's exactly what happened. They you know hit a, a what would have been a single or a double out to center field, and and that guy just rifled down the guy at home. Um, oh. You know, and I want to add to the, I want to add to that what you're saying. Their shortstop, Texas A&M shortstop for that third game, Blake Almond. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about I mean, seven hits in throughout the entire series, seven out of twelve, a double, a triple, two RBIs, and three runs, and he just just really stepped up the game, step it up on in game three, just in terms of, I mean. 
you know, talk about those two heartbreaking losses on for Texas A&M. They were hungry, and it really showed on their defense, especially with the shortstop. Yeah, they wanted to make sure that they they got their pitcher out of trouble, which I think uh, that I think that Simmons was definitely in trouble there yep. in the first and second, and the third inning. Um, he's in, you know they pulled him in the fifth. He got he got his pitch count up there pretty high, I think, because LSU was taking him to town. Yeah, but they, really they, working him. Yeah, LSU just ran themselves out of this game. I mean, and then they they had another guy that got caught stealing at second. So like, they, they blew a lot of momentum really early, and I think maybe they're trying to capitalize on on some some perception there. Um, yeah, maybe just riding the mojo of of two wins in a row over you know one of the best teams in the country. Uh, right. Maybe they got a little too cocky. Um, or but, complacent. Yeah, maybe those who complacent. Yeah, I think, and usually that's what happens to the pattern I usually see with a lot of LSU games is that they start off winning some key games, especially, you know, with some thrilling comebacks and walk-offs and all, you know, just just unpredictable, unpredictable wins. And then usually sometimes by the third game, they just like, you know, kind of take a step back and this is a normal pattern for LSU um, uh, a lot of times. So I'm kind of not surprised that they lost Yeah, uh, game three. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, they had a chance. I, I, What was so exciting to me about this game is I felt like LSU could have come back at any time. They were getting people on. Even in the eighth and ninth inning, I think it was in the ninth inning, the mm. only Tiger that had not got a hit in the entire game was the, uh, the pinch hitter, Zardon. Who was the oh, yeah, guy Danny that, Zardon. Yeah, he, and he was the one that, you know, won the game on Thursday night. Um, right, and he was able. To, I think. I think this was the play in the ninth, but he, you know, he hit kind of like a like a blooper to first or second, and just like ran out the ran out the ball, um, right, and and was able to get on. So you know, LSU they they were in this game. They they had a lot of people on base and a lot of opportunities to score, um, right. But yeah, they just they just kind of couldn't execute. Maybe they they used up all of their magic the the last two nights. Yeah, the mojo was gone. The you know whatever voodoo <laughs> that just dissipated from the first two games. That Baton Rouge voodoo. Yeah, absolutely. Just somehow uh, went to New Orleans and just um, you know uh, just didn't work for them in that game. But it doesn't hurt their chances, you know. Uh, you know, from for the rest of the season, especially with the rankings that came out today. Yeah, tell us about those rankings. They're uh, they're back. They're still on top at number one after beating the number two team two out of three. Yeah. So LSU uh, being two, you know, being Texas A&M two out of three, they are uh, ranked number one. And this is according to Baseball America. Baseball America is a for for those the the big game listeners. Um, it's a magazine mainly for amateur and college baseball mm-hmm. um, and scouting reports and whatnot. Uh, you know, just kind of seeing what's going on in the world of uh, baseball through those lens. And so they come out with, in for the college uh, uh, arena, they come out with their top 25 rankings based on strength of schedule, kind of very similar to college basketball. Strength of schedule, you know, teams they played in the top 50, teams they played in top 100, etc. And, um, you know, LSU uh, obviously took two out of three. And uh, they're ranked number one. Uh, UCLA number two. Texas A&M dropped uh, one spot from two to three. Louisville, um, which mm-hmm. has had good teams over the years, uh, they're ranked number four. And uh, Texas Christian is number five. However, 
to go and continue this rankings. They also have rankings just like college football and basketball. You have your, you know, AP poll, you have your USA Today poll. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, the NCAA, you know, the NCAA rankings. And in the NCAA rankings, they have LSU at number five. Really? And Texas A&M number four. Not, I, I don't understand it. I, I, I'm, it's unclear why as to, and this is again, very similar to where in college football, you had the BCS, uh, you know, the BCS rankings and they had their kind of own formula to decide, oh, well, this team from this uh, conference should go and uh, to the championship game because of they played against these teams and et cetera, et cetera. But it's unclear why is uh, LSU's number five and hmm. number four. Do you think it maybe it was a – does it come down to the record? Because I know you mentioned Illinois has a, has a pretty good record, like a pretty similar record to LSU's, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, not really. Case in point, University of Miami just played their in-state rival Florida State in uh, two out of three series. Florida – State one two, but Miami shut out Florida State twelve zero. Miami's ahead of Florida State hmm. in the rankings, and they have more losses than both LSU and Texas A&M. They have thirteen losses. And they must like- they must really be coming down to like the quality, like the overall quality of play. Because like after looking at this series, you know Texas A&M was really close to getting a sweep here. You know, Absolutely. Had it not been for some some clutch hitting by the Tigers at the end of these right. games, so I uh-huh. guess you could you kind of could make the argument that yeah LSU won two out of three, but you know <laughs> Texas A and M was the better team overall. Like I could see somebody making that argument, whether That's, or not it's it's what we agree with it. And you know I'm glad you say that because in fact yes I'm very ecstatic that LSU took two out of three. We're you know still ranked number you know we're still ranked in uh number one in the nation but i think texas a&m was the better team despite lsu getting more hits yeah uh, uh, overall in the series well so let's go let's kind of take this series here and project ahead a little bit because we're okay. we're just three weeks away from the uh conference tournament here do you think yeah. these are the two teams that we're going to see battling it out for the final for the SEC? Um, or do you think there's some other people going to sneak in there? Or is just the um, the way that a, you know, a knockout tournament works that you know, it could be anybody at the end of the day? Yeah, it's definitely the latter. It really could be anybody. Um, SEC tournament, just like any other tournament in college sports, mainly in baseball, there's the, uh, uh, the conference tournament for the SEC and it's mainly double. It starts off as double elimination in the opening round. Um, the top four seeds have a bye. And then the remaining teams um, in the SEC, it's mainly 12 teams that uh, can get to go to the SEC to the tournament. And the other two are left out. So to answer your question, I say the top four seeds um, who will get a bye in the SEC tournament. Obviously, LSU, obviously, Texas A&M, um, but it also could be Florida. Florida is also in the top five. They have, uh, you know, resurged um, from last year, uh, especially with a really strong veteran squad. 
lots of good hitters. And, you know, I've only caught one game. It was mainly an uh, early uh, non-conference game. Mm-hmm. But UF is definitely uh, 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 one of the top four seeds. And the reigning champs, Vanderbilt, also great pitching from that squad with, uh, you know, their two, two ace pitchers they have. In addition to, you know, it's a team full of juniors and, and seniors, just a strong veteran squad. So I say that those are the top four. The remaining teams, Alabama, Auburn, Auburn out of all the SEC teams has the best hitter. They took one game out of LSU uh, at in Baton Rouge. So mm-hmm. I was impressed to see Auburn playing. And this is, uh, you know, the the coach for Auburn, Sonny Galloway, who used to coach for University of Oklahoma, fantastic coach, and he's steadily building Auburn's program uh, with some good with some good players. So obviously, in what he's done at Oklahoma, you know, and having a lot of uh, players that come out of there to go into majors, it's it's fantastic to see what he's doing at Auburn. But in addition to Alabama and Auburn, University of Kentucky, Kentucky took a series out of LSU in Baton Rouge, two out of three. Mm-hmm. And they're in a five-game winning streak, so I'm definitely not leaving them out. Um, South Carolina also are also a strong contender in uh, the SEC and also out of um, uh, going into the tournament. They've won uh, two national titles, almost went three-peat but lost. And uh, so they'll make a, str- uh, a strong run in the SEC tournament. The three remaining teams, I think they'll do well in the tournament. Ole Miss, having mm-hmm. you know, offensively they've been really poor. They made it to the College World Series last year, had a really strong run. This year they're kind, they're about under five hundred, but they've got some key games. Uh, I think they've won a game against Florida, or maybe took a series. I believe Mississippi State. Hasn't been doing so well, but they'll still make it into a tournament. And my last team and the surprise team um, out of all the SEC teams is Missouri. They, you know, just like Texas A&M, newcomer to the SEC. This year, no one expected for Mizzou to be ranked at least in the top two in the East Division for the SEC. A lot of people picked them to be last in the division. And they've done surprisingly well. They've the past couple of series, they've lost a couple of key games, but don't leave them out. I, I'm, you know, I, that's a team to watch. The last two teams that I believe they're going to be out of the tournament, which is Georgia, they have yet to win a conference uh, game in uh, SEC. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so totally out of uh, of. Um, they're definitely not going to make it to the SEC tournament. And uh, Tennessee, um, I like Dave Serrano. Dave Serrano has always had surprise teams here and there, but just they haven't they haven't closed the deal this season. So yeah, it's probably those orange uniforms. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and Peyton Manning. Well, um, so I mean, it sounds like the SEC tournament is going to be the real deal. Like, even like if if you know listeners choose to you know tune into some college baseball yeah maybe the college world series is gonna be a lot of fun to watch but it sounds like a lot of really really good baseball is going to be happening uh at the end of may in the sec tournament i agree i agree um, and you know what my favorite part about watching uh the sec baseball game was yeah just seeing that guy in his bow tie behind home plate just sitting in the audience <laughs> i knew well, i knew i was watching something southern 
Yeah, well, exactly. You know, I mean, if it, it would probably have been appropriate if it, you know, you know, if this game happened during the Kentucky Derby, maybe he had a <laughs> mint julep on the side or something. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. Well, um, so, so, you know, I think we kind of got a good lay of the land there down in the south. How many of these teams are going to make it to the College World Series? How does that how does that break down? Like, is it only the conference champion, or is it maybe the top couple of teams that come out of the conference? And then who else are we? Who else should be watching? Uh, as we kind of lead up to the middle of June, I think it's June 22nd or 23rd that's going to be the final. But what other schools around the country should be watching before uh, for the big College World Series? Okay, well, um, obviously teams like Vanderbilt, LSU, uh, Texas A&M, uh, I believe those teams will certainly make a strong run in candidacy for the College World Series, potentially Florida. Um, the surprise team, as I mentioned earlier, Illinois, 36, six, mm-hmm. they won four, you know, four of their games last week, you know, just clearly, uh, again, I'm very surprised, uh, especially with the big 10, you know, they the past two years, the pick 10 had Indiana make it to the college world series twice in a row. Hmm. And first time for a big 10 team to make in a college world series since 1984 with Michigan. I'm really excited to see what Illinois does in the tournament. But, you know, as a whole, to explain you how it works, it's basically just like college basketball. He has 64 teams. And in the first round of those teams, they're just called regionals. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you eight of the 64 get a national ranking. So... The, the whole point of getting a national ranking is because once you earn a win in your regional, then you advance to super regionals. But I'm kind of jumping ahead of my ahead of myself over here. So <laughs> let me let me explain how the regionals works. Okay. You have six in the first round. You have 16 regionals, double elimination, four seeds per regional, mm-hmm. and with the four seeds, the number one seed per regional is the host so you know baton rouge regional number one seed lsu and usually the other three teams are kind of like teams within like within that region if it's maybe not team. within the conference but within the region exactly gotcha. exactly and so whoever re- wins that regional advances to the super regionals which is the equivalent of the sweet 16 mm. they should just Think call it the sweet 16 they should um but you know <laughs> yeah who knows you can make more revenue uh, in terms of tv and uh um viewership for um uh, for sport fans but no they call it super regionals before they didn't have this format i, I would say this is this is a like the past 10 15 years they the ncaa just decided to call it super regionals so super regionals sweet 16 Best out of three. Okay. Whoever wins the Super Regionals advances to the College World Series. And how many teams is that? It's eight. So we'll call that the Elite Eight in in college basketball, basically. (laughs) And so similar deal. Double elimination, two brackets with four teams. Each play, obviously, in double elimination with the loser's bracket. Winner of each bracket advances to the title game and play best of three. My projection, the eight teams that'll make it a College World Series. Yeah, give it to me. Give me your best, boldest prediction. 
I'm going to say Vanderbilt, Texas A&M for sure. Mm-hmm. TCU made it last year, so I think TCU may make a run as well. Okay. And maybe LSU. How many teams did I just name there? That's four. You got four more. Give me four I more. I got four more. Okay. Let me give you one. I'm going to say UCLA. Cause, uh, yeah. Because you know what? I've decided after watching this game and hearing that UCLA was so good, I'm yeah. going to go see a game. I'm going to go check them out. Oh, see? <laughs> you know, and I, I, I totally – I would love to hear. I would love to hear your side uh, with UCLA and um, hearing you know the teams that they're playing. UCLA, yeah, definitely UCLA. They've you know they've won the title several years ago. I think they'll definitely make a run in the College World Series. UC Santa Barbara, also good. Um, they... Alex will be glad to hear that. <laughs> um, last year, Cal Poly made made well. They make a College World Series, but they definitely made it in a tournament and. Uh, my surprise team, um, I think, you know, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna choose, I'm, I'm gonna choose Louisville. I am gonna choose Louisville. Mm-hmm. I think they will have a good chance of making it into the, into the uh, uh, College World Series. They've, they've been before, especially the year that um, uh, Rick Pitino, when uh, Louisville won the national title. That was the same year Louisville went to the College World Series. Hmm. I think the women's team also went to the title that year as well. So, yeah. Well, you know what? They share a nickname with one of the best all-time professional baseball teams, the yeah. St. Louis Cardinals. So I think that's yeah. that's reason enough for us to include them in our bold predictions for the College <laughs> World Series. Why not? Why not? <laughs> I mean, you know, any it again – Baseball is it. It's like a soap opera. It's you just don't know what to expect, and I think that's that's the beauty about it. And you know, we'll see what happens when tournament time uh, comes around. And you know, Selection Monday, I believe, is the I think it's Memorial Day. Okay. Um, Selection Monday, which is uh, at noon, and that's for the so, regionals, right? Yeah, that's that's for the that's for all sixty four teams uh, for the regionals, and uh, they you know get to see which team makes it to the tournament. Excellent. Well, I I highly encourage all of our listeners to go out there, pick a team, pick your alma mater, pick a team near your alma mater, pick a team from your favorite conference, and try to follow them along for the next three weeks, and uh, come back and join us because Gee, you're going to come back onto the show in June, and we're yep. going to cover either game two or game three, depending on how the series is going, um, of the College World Series final. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. All right, man. Thanks so much for coming back on The Big Game. Thanks, bro. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to The Big Game. If you haven't yet, subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Stitcher. Please leave a review on either of those sites if you like what you hear. Check out our new website, biggamepod.com and drop me a line at JethroTarget on Twitter. Stay tuned for more next week on The Big Game.